Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Caroline from the band Fastet on the Hook Rocks with Jay Scott. Welcome back. It is The Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. I always appreciate it. Don't forget to uh, check out all my friends on Pantheon Podcast. We are a member of the Pantheon Podcast music-related platform with all great music podcasts with Carmen Peace and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging, Decibel Geek, Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, 
as well as many others. Don't forget to check out Mac in the UK on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. And don't forget to check out The Hook Rocks wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on every platform. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episode whenever we do drop new episodes. We just did a great episode with Eddie Trunk talking about the challenges facing emerging rock artists. So check that out when you get a chance. We've had some great new music spotlights lately. We've had Bastet from the UK. We've had Native Sons from Kentucky, as well as Stone Broken. And don't forget to check out Micah from Fast Eddie, a band out of Colorado, coming up later this week. And check out our live album review on Kiss Alive, the importance, the influence of this great live album that really changed the game in the mid-70s for a lot of rock bands, especially Kiss and their label Casablanca Records, which I believe just dropped the trailer. Or I, think, I forget what studio just dropped the trailer on the Neil Bogart movie, which is about Casablanca Records in the 70s. So can't wait to check that out as well. We've got another great episode. I always say that. I always think we have great episodes, but you guys determine that. Write us some reviews, but we are continuing our conversations and collaborations. This has been a great series. A lot of people love it. We've got some great feedback. We start out with Tyler Baker from Goodbye June and John Nano from Dirty Honey. Then Jennifer Lauren from Diamonds and Whiskey, Travis McCready from Bishop Gunn in episode two. And the last one we did was with Josh Kennedy from The Black Moods, who's about to release a new album in a couple weeks with John Drake from the UK band, The Dust Coda. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome in Gernika Mancini from the Swedish band Thundermother and Nick Reese from Joe's Hi. Wolf. What's happening? Yo, hello. Hi. <laughs> Not What's much. Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday evening where Gernika's at. It's Sunday morning where Nick's at. And it's Sunday afternoon where I'm at. So... We've got it all covered here on this episode. How are you guys yeah. doing? Not a, not a moment of Sunday is wasted on this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm I doing really good. I'm doing really good. Yeah, I got you, back from tour yesterday. So, so you just did I a, had a, a, a European tour? Yeah, we did uh, four dates only now. Uh, we were in Germany, three dates, and then Switzerland. And then I got back yesterday, and then we go back on tour on Wednesday. Awesome. It was, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And you just got off your tour the last couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh, 60 days, 60 days in the, in the States. And that was... Holy uh, shit, 60 days. Yeah. How many... Sorry, can I ask you, how many How many shows in a row? Uh, we had, we're not in a, The most we did in a row was like, we did a fiver, but we did a lot of threes and fours. Oh, that's um, good. We did 40, 40 total shows, 40 shows. That's good, though. Wow. Yeah, I remember talking with you after the show in Chicago, and you were looking at your calendar. And you're like, oh, man, I've got three shows after this. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we tried to right, limit you know it, so it's not more than four. Yeah, I mean, that's not up to me, though. It never is. It's always like, you got to do this. And I'm like, okay, all right. Uh but don't I'm you decide? Doesn't, doesn't your vocals like the vocals decide? Kind of. I mean, I'll tell you this: I'm a workhorse. You can ask, uh, you can ask uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jay here. He'll tell you um, because uh, by that point, I had already done like I think it was like a, it was like a two in a row, and then a three in a row, and then a three in a row, and then Chicago, a day off, and then Chicago. 
go and then we had three shows after that so it's like it was yeah. it, the mid mid part of the tour was with like we were we were with Dorothy. I don't know if you've ever seen Dorothy. She's amazing. No, I love Dorothy. I've never seen them live, but I love her music. Yeah, if you get around to it, she's they're fantastic. And I, I mean, she was feeling it too. I mean, by that midpoint in the tour, there wasn't a everybody on the tour was starting to have those little uh, the little hiccups, <laughs> you know, those little uh, oh man, uh, I guess I'm more tired than I thought moments, but. Uh, you know, yeah. at that point, I, right after that, I got a, like a third wind, and I was good for the rest of the tour. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I'm a workhorse myself, but uh, I have had problems with my vocal cords, so I, I've just like I made a decision. Or in the band, we don't do more than four shows, but then we can be out for a long time. But it's like four; you have to have a day off, and then we continue like that. No, that's a good plan. That's it. I mean, I, I think yeah, for I me, had to like, uh, you know, I have notes, so I didn't have a choice. Oh, <laughs> I'm oh, good now, no. though. <laughs> oh, you're good now. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. I was, yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, this is your podcast. You should do the Jay. There was a moment when Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods and John Drake basically talked for 25 minutes, and I didn't say a <laughs> word. So if if that happens, <laughs> don't even worry about it. That doesn't yeah. sound like either of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, those guys are really quiet. You know, I mean, yeah. they don't, yeah, you got to pull everything out of them. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but Dernika, you just announced, or Thunder Mother just announced a couple weeks ago that you're going to be the opening act on the Scorpions White Snake North American tour. So that's awesome news for you guys. Yeah, hey. I'm, yeah I'm very excited. I mean, it's going to be our first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, North American tour ever, and it's at the all these legendary venues, and we, you know, two legendary bands. So we are beyond excited. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of. I don't think we're gonna really realize it until we're like on tour. Um, but I'm hoping That's people go, you know, get to the shows on time and see us because we only have a 30 <laughs> minute set, and it's gonna be while people walk in. So I'm hoping we at least get some new <laughs> listeners fans after that. No, I've been I've been there. We did that with Deep Purple in 2019, oh. and uh, that was our first like opening for like you know some giants from mm-hmm. the past. And and they'll, they'll see you. You'll you'll get some you'll get some passionate people out of that. Some really nice, sweet, passionate cool. American people. Um, I'm, I'm I mean I can't wait. We've only done uh, we've done Kiss related stuff. Um, we played the Kiss That's Cruise, cool. and then we played the pre party to the Kiss Cruise the day the year after. Um, so we've had a lot of love from like Kiss Army people. So I'm, I'm expect, I mean, I'm hoping for the same kind of love, but like so many more people. <laughs> I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It should be. I'm so glad you get to come to the States for the first time. I'm, uh, hoping yeah. to get, we're hoping to get overseas by the end of the year too. Uh, we have some things in the works. So hopefully that happens. Yeah. Do you have a European booker? Uh, yes. Uh, it's just kind of being, it's, it's all about, it's all about making the right decision. Yeah, of course, of course. But you can always, you can reach out to, to me or anyone in the band probably to, you know, if you have any questions, because we've toured extensively in Europe and we continue to do, I mean, we have the whole summer, so. Well, I can tell you the same thing. I'll tell you all of the right food places to go to here in the States. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Our main goal is to not get, Facts on that tour. 
Because Good that's luck. a big one. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, two months after the COVID, it's like, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always put it out there too for bands that visit Chicago. I'm like, send me a message. I will point you in the right direction. Whatever food you want, I will tell you where to go. No, it's nice. true, man. Chicago too, especially like you got to get the right stuff in Chicago because it's it's worth the yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Italian. It was food. like the the best thing in Chicago. Food Italian was. food is well, every well Chicago is great restaurants for all types of different foods. Oh but, yeah. But Italian yes. food, especially in Chicago, is really nice. good. Um, American Italian food. Italian we, got, food. we have to be. We have, she, <laughs> yes. she's she's from over there. We got to be more specific. Yes, <laughs> American Italian food, and, and yes, American absolutely. Italian food. But I mean, I did live in Los Angeles for four years. So, hey, what part? I lived all over Hollywood. I went to MI. So I lived oh, on cool. Orange Drives and Sick. <laughs> like I've, I've moved around so many times. As one does, as a poor student, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but my last address was like, um, what's it called? Was it Poinsettia? I think it's like a street okay. close to Ralph. No, no, no. I, no. I actually, I actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I lived there, and yeah, I mean, I I didn't want to move back, but I had to because of the visa. And then after a while, I you know I I found a band in Sweden, so it kind of worked out, anyways. <laughs> no, now and now you're gonna come tour the states anyway. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you just got off your tour, like we mentioned, with Dorothy and, and Classes Act. Um yeah. that was a two month trek and you know, you you uh played played some markets maybe you haven't played before. How were the crowds? I mean, I know when you were in Chicago, the crowd was great there. You know, it was mostly great. I mean, we had a couple of sleepers, but like, you know, you can't you can't I mean, I definitely give people shit for it, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, you know, always be stoked when it's a sleeper on a Tuesday night. I'm like, it's Tuesday, but it's got to be like a Saturday, you know, that's like, uh, yeah. but, um, no, honestly, I don't, uh, there wasn't too many. It's funny. I always say this, like, uh, and I had to, I had to be constructive guys. Anaheim, you guys were sleeping on me. That last show wasn't, wasn't good enough for me coming home. I was like, let's go. Oh, let's go Orange County. And it was like, oh yeah, this is why I left Orange County. <laughs> because, what, what do you mean sleepers? They're like bored. They're it's a boring uh, audience. Like they're not giving it, you any feedback. They're just like Yeah, like it's not that they're not giving you feedback. It's just like I know they have more in them. There's just like you see, that's the whole thing. Half half of a of a good performance, like you've opened some shows in your life, I'm sure. So you know yeah. when you're opening for a crowd that's not yours necessarily. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of like um, a wall you got to bust through. And yeah. I always get it by the end. That's always my thing is that I always, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get you by the end, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just did, and, uh, and, and, for, uh, sorry. No, I was just saying that uh, we always just try to, you know, because it is hard when you're opening for someone else, like just try to, uh, we always, we have a very high energy show. We're always moving around and we're a crazy, like, for peace, you know, and everyone is doing stuff all the time. So yeah. our main goal is always to just deliver that high energy energy show. And usually people after us, like the legends are old and, you know, they don't have that kind of energy. So it's kind of like you're, war you're warming them up too much because they're not ready for it. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I think Jay, you saw the deep purple tour, didn't you? No, I did not. I did not oh, see that. Shoot, that's right. Yeah. 
No, yeah, well, no, that was well, that was the no offense, that was a mostly geriatric crowd. So, uh, I mean, this, uh, I honestly, Dorothy's audience was my favorite I've played for so far. There's a lot of a lot of of young people and a lot nice. of uh, a lot, kind of a different crowd, and it was really cool to go and play um for them but yeah nine nine times out of ten like throughout the tour like the crowds were fantastic and and especially the show that jay caught in chicago that was definitely one of my top five but we played in sacramento and i'm from that area so when i told the crowd that they just exploded and i was like wow i have them in the first 10 seconds like i didn't even need to, to play a note and they, all i had to do is say that and everybody's involved and then sometimes i'm like hey you know i was expecting that back home and i was like hey we're from here and they're like we're <laughs> well i saw the show and it took a little while longer it took a while yeah. longer i'm just i'm allowed to give my home city some, some garbage stuff so. no i i saw that chicago show and by the end of that set i mean the crowd was into it i mean they were really feeding off that synergy you know and i don't know Gernika, if you've ever seen nick uh perform on on youtube or anything but it's like this this james brown rock and roll star that's uh that's absolutely phenomenal I, I did. I actually looked up like two music videos, like the la, la, the last one and one from like two years ago. I think. And yeah, you do have those little quick feet moves. Yeah. Yeah, those. I'm always pretty tame in our music videos. <laughs> so it'll like uh, you know, like you said, you go crazy, and I and yeah, and I always. But I, always I love tell, that. Yeah. <laughs> I always it's tell cool that you have a soul vibe. I think that's very important. I think there I do go. too, in a sense more soul blues oriented but uh i think that's really cool i mean that's where rock came from so that that's how i see it oh look look at that that, that was that was spot on that made me yeah. feel real good <laughs> yeah i mean i bring a lot of like the girls like when i got into thunder Mother, I'm, I'm i'm i mean obviously i sing rock but i'm a huge hip-hop fan <laughs> and well, r&b cool, and soul and everything so i have uh definitely more introduce more things like that we have a little medley like i do little beastie boys thing in, in between one of our songs that's cool <laughs> it's just, that's we awesome. mix it up <laughs> that's awesome no i think that's that's what it's all about i always tell people about that I'm like rock music needs blending it doesn't need more mm-hmm. of this kind of regurgitation you know like I, I like the bands that interest me the most now are bands that are able to to bring an aspect of something different to rock music yeah. and and that's very not common i wish it was more common but it's not but there's a lot of new bands coming up all the time and you know it, it's easy i think it's like it's almost like it's easy to go and be like we're just gonna do 80s rock and it's like yeah but it's way harder to actually show who you are it's way yeah. harder to actually develop your own sound. And, and that takes a lot of time. And I think that's the reason why a lot of bands don't do it is because it takes a long time. It takes yep. a lot of searching. I don't know. It's just trying to add and make rock music different and, and, and let it continue to grow as because it's so hard in, in the modern era with the technology and everything. People want to hold things to this, to, to like their, they want to hold on to their era you know, yeah, when but that's what's wrong about rock today. And I, <clears throat> I've been really adamant about changing it since I joined. I mean, Thunder Mother, I don't know if you've heard our music, but it's uh-huh. a very like ACDC. I mean, that's like our main ins- inspiration. So Filippa that started the band, that was like her main goal. She wanted to 
like do an all female ACDC band kind of thing with original yeah. songs. But when I joined the band, it's been, and we all started to write more together. It's, I've also tried to like, you know, tell the girls and be very like clear about rock and roll is, you know, being yourself, being, uh, you know, having your own uh, sound. Because I, I think a lot of rock people, like you said, they get stuck in like, I want to do this and this is rock and roll. And I can't wear that. I can't do that. I can't do blah, 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 yes. because that's not rock and roll. Whereas rock and roll back in the day was, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear this weird ass boa and these shades that are purple or pink, whatever. And I'm super rock and roll because I don't give a fuck. And this is, you know, this is who I am. And people now are just like copying what they did. And then they think they need to stay in that lane where it's like being yourself and doing whatever you want, mixing whatever you want. That is rock and roll. That's how I I'm agree. very preachy, I agree. but I, that's... It's a, a passionate, like I get frustrated when I meet these like 80s rockers or 70s, like mansplaining you and being like, me, 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 me. No, mix it up. <laughs> I, um, I absolutely agree 100%, Guernica. You, you nailed it. Uh, when people cite their favorite bands, it's like Led Zeppelin. Uh, the essence of Led Zeppelin, more or less through their career, was change. You look at Led Zeppelin 1, you look at Physical Graffiti, you look at Led Zeppelin 3, which is almost like a folk album. You listen to In Through the Outdoor, which had a lot more keyboards and synthesizer on it. They were constantly evolving. I mean, outside of maybe their first two albums, no, no album sounds the same. Houses of the Holy is like 10 songs with a reggae song, with a rock song, with a ballad. It's, it's, it's so diverse. And you, you know, people talk about Van Halen. Well, I mean, look at the evolution of Van Halen from Van Halen one to Diver Down to 5150 with keyboard oriented bands have to do that. I think the only band that really doesn't do a lot of change is ACDC. They're the only ones that really get away with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because, but, well, but, well, that's because, well they're, they're meat and potatoes, right? Like, meat and potatoes yeah. is good. But the thing is, you can't have meat and potatoes every night. And no. You're gonna get meat and you're gonna get the best kind of meat and potatoes, and ACDC are the best kind of meat and potatoes. Yeah, you can't rep, you ever. can't cheat. You know, ACDC is doing ACDC. There's a reason why. I mean, I guess Airborne has has done it. They've gone to a pretty big level, but there's a reason that nobody else doing meat and potato is coming up. That's why we <laughs> have to like we've started to like mix up all the influences now that we actually write songs together in our band. It's more. You know, it's I mean, it's clear our influences, but it's a mix of everything versus just being like, you know, ACDC. Yeah. And yeah, they've done it. They made it already. How how is anyone else going to get at that? Get to that level if you just copy them? I mean, that's not even that's weird. You know, you know, it's it's just it's you really nailed it. And it's really refreshing to hear someone else say that. But it makes me angry, too. So don't don't feel don't feel bad about that passion because that's. <laughs> Because that's what drives me. And you can ask Jay. He's known me for a while. That is the thing that drives the guys and I and my group like mm. completely is just is just fi finding identity. And my favorite thing is we've been doing this now for seven years exactly to this month. And oh, wow. Yeah. Seven and years. That's like a it might be you might be changing into something. I don't know. That's yeah. like spiritual stuff. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's, cool. it's funny because because uh, everybody on this last tour, I think this is the best tour we've done. I think this is the best we performed, the best I've been ever mm -hmm. in my career. And I've been very happy and, you know, lots of lots of work paying off and everything. And um, 
it is cool that like all the reviews and stuff and everything is that, you know, is the thing I heard the most is coming into their own. And that's where I'm like, that's really good. That means we're, whatever nice. we're doing from this point, you know, that it's a good feeling to have. And, 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 you know, you will have that too. You'll have the, that moment where you, where you finally, um, find the thing that will, that makes your band your band and no, no one else can touch it. You know, that's, that's the whole, that's always like the, the goal of the, of, and you may have already done it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's just awesome. I don't know. It's such a good feeling. But isn't it nice that you like, feel like you're leveling up, like in your butt, like while doing yes. the Cause that's yes. a crazy feeling. Like, like two weeks ago we played, um, at this uh, uh, this cool place here in Stockholm, Grana Lund, and we opened kind of for, we played the smaller stage and then on the big stage, uh, helicopters were playing. And it was really cool because it was like a thousand people there for us. And you could feel how, wow, this, there's a change in the air. Like we didn't have these many people before the pandemic in Sweden. Um, and that just felt really good. Like you can almost, you know, like feel, okay, things are happening now. And like, we've actually grown as a band and it's, it's cool. And it's nice to finally start feeling bigger change, even though that next step feels very far away. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting yeah. too, because I mean, I saw Joyous Wolf twice last year and then I saw him at the House of Blues a few weeks ago, and yeah, I, I agree. It was a completely different experience, um, and they have, they sounded like a different band. You guys sounded like a different band, Nick. I'm like talking about you <laughs> like you're not here, but um, the synergy, the tightness, the the, the crowd, um, it was a pleasure to see because I've been a fan of you guys for so long, and to see that crowd react to you guys the way they did, um, I was I was happy for for, for all four of you guys. Yeah, there was a couple of there was more than a couple of shows like that. I mean, that like I said, there's like a, there's like five off the top of my head that were just pretty magic. But um, again, it's always the one that you wish was recorded that never. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one that you're like, oh man, I was just on it that night, and there's no <laughs> videos. There's no for whatever reason, no one. There's only like one 13 second clip of the guitar solo, and you're like, no, I was, I wanted. I, I was feeling it. I wish I wanted to see that, yeah. you know, there, that was that show in Columbus, Ohio. That's the one with that crazy jump shot, Jay, the one I, uh, I showed yeah. you. Yeah. That, uh, like I, I, I literally am going to hang that one. That's like, the, I never want to have those things, but that's like the first time someone took a picture. I'm like, I want to have that like in my house, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I can remember my knees when, when I'm like 46, <laughs> <laughs> and all the pants and all the pants that you split you know doing all the, the all the 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 pants that lost their lives and, and giving their service to uh my show yeah i need to look up some live clips from you guys <laughs> no, no 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 don't do that wait uh if we ever gonna do this when if we're gonna be playing when you're here in the states if we're playing here in the states too mm-hmm. and there's an off night that you can come see and vice versa i would love to come see you guys yeah uh, uh, then you got to come see it. Just come see the show. Come see the thing in person. That'd be really fun. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Should do that for both of you guys. You know, the pandemic is still here, but it seems like we're able to kind of move along and live with it. And who knows what the future holds with this? But it seems like different parts of the country are doing more and more less restrictions. Coming out of it, you guys have a new 
album coming out, Guernica, in August. Yeah. Um, Nick, you just finished your tour. You've got music coming out this year as well. What does it feel like for the both of you to finally get going again? You know, because like last year seemed a lot of bands were spinning their wheels because there was still a lot of people that didn't want to come out and see shows just because they were nervous and they didn't really know what was happening. So I think a lot of the crowds kind of, or that a lot of the audience kind of stood home or stayed home. Now this year, more people are coming out and more people are ready to rock this year. But as far as internally with you guys, what does that feel like to, to finally be able to step forward with, with new music, with touring again, um, like you're both doing? You can start you can go first. You go. You go. <laughs> no, you go. Come on. You got, you got it. You got this. All right, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I have a tendency to just talk too much. That's why I was going, you go ahead and then I'll fill in, fill in the blank. No, but uh, for, for us, we actually um, managed to do quite a lot of touring during the pandemic. Uh, we did all these alternative touring things in Sweden or in Germany, I mean, uh, because the restrictions were always changing. And we had two albums out during the pandemic. First, Heat Wave, then we released Heat Wave Deluxe the year after. Um, so we did that, but I'm excited to actually be playing proper gigs for a standing audience, a full venue, not this like sitting downs, 50 people BS. Like I'm so sick of those shows. Like, cause we give the same amount of energy, but it's like, how much can you do with people sitting down with a mask? Like it's so, ugh, I'm sick of it. But so I'm very excited to tour this. And I, I also think that this upcoming album is uh like heatway was really good and this is gonna this is like next level shit i mean i'm surprised if we don't really make it with this album because it's so good <laughs> uh yeah sorry you go. <laughs> hit, hit him hit, hit him hard hit him hard yeah you know, like, like no but we've released two singles so far you can check it out um and we worked with, so far. Uh, yeah two singles so we're releasing one every month we're doing like a mainstream type thing where we try to be hip and uh, <laughs> release shit all the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're releasing yeah every month until August, we're releasing a single. And so far we've released one really like party song called Watch Out and then we released a mid-tempo really ACDC. I feel like it's a combination between ACDC and like Bon Jovi or something like that because the, the main part of the song is very like Summer of 69, but Whatever. Uh, oh no, that's not Bon Jovi. That's uh, what's his face? Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Sorry, that's but that kind of face. vibe. <laughs> I like. I like what's his face. That that that, that kind of vibe. That guy. Like, all respect <laughs> to them. Uh, but yeah, mid tempo, and the next one is a ballad. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm stoked for you. There's nothing, nothing more fun than releasing music. I wish I knew what that felt like. Right, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> when is your album coming uh, out? Uh, I can't actually say yet, but, uh, it, uh, shortly after yours, I can say that. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, um, I'm excited because it's just, I can't talk about why I'm excited. So it, it's, I'm not allowed to. So you have a lot of guest artists. Can I guess you can say yes. No, no. there's not a lot of guest <laughs> artists. No, no. I, we write all our own music. We oh. do it our way. I am not about that stuff. No, like I don't know, because to me, it's like, just, just on that subject specifically, I'll answer the question in a second, maybe if I remember, um, was, uh, 
I don't know if I'm going to, it's the same thing as always. Like if I'm going to do this and it's the same for the rest of us, if we're going to do this, it's got to be on our terms. Like I could not imagine walking out on stage every night and singing words that are not mine. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I agree with that. We have have a cover that is a pretty well-known thing that we've done of uh, Mountains, Mississippi Queen or whatever. And we don't play it a lot because when we play it, it just doesn't feel, we can't, we can't like, we can't give it because it's like, whenever I sing it, I always feel like I'm lacking it because I'm like, I just can't put myself in this because I just don't know what I'm singing about. Like, I would never write Mm. this song. I like the song. Don't get me wrong. I love the song. song. Leslie West is a genius and and, and it's an ama- one of the best rock songs ever. But it's just one of those things where like I just can't put myself in it. And when it comes to this new record, we wrote it over the pandemic because we had nothing but time. And we live in California where the restrictions were the were chokehold. So there was no there was mm. nothing for the whole year of 2020. And then 2021, there still was nothing. So thankfully, Dirty Honey took us out with them and we got to go play in the South and in whatever, wherever we could play in the U.S. at the time. And, um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing though is, is I'm really proud of the music that I've, that we've put down and we've been playing a lot of it ever since uh, we started going back on tour with, uh, in the spring of 21. But, yeah, that's sorry. That's my little soapbox. I'm gonna get off that for a second. Um, uh, what was the question again? Well, how do you feel about touring? Sorry, I'm uh, taking over uh, the podcast, Jay. No, no. Like, Nick is now my co-host. She's not a guest. She's my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I feel it. She's got that energy. She's yeah. got that energy yeah. for sure. Um, uh, how do I how do I feel about touring? Is that what it was? Well, no, like it? about about kind of stepping yeah. forward with the new music out this year you know yeah it's it's been beautiful uh just getting i mean it's really difficult when you know in a a sense i guess we like to make it difficult because we only play three of our old songs that people would know uh much to the chagrin of a lot of people but we are so forward on the new material and it's just great when people are like i love all the new songs and we heard that Every single night, everywhere we went, and the response in the crowd. I mean, the people in Chicago that you saw that night, Jay, had never heard those songs before, and besides you, <laughs> which because uh, you saw that headlining show the year uh, a couple months earlier. But um, yeah, so and you saw the response. So when we get a response like that to this new music that doesn't, you can't even listen to it yet. It means everything and anything mm. so coming out of the pandemic and having without the pandemic we would have never written that record i would have never um decided that i wanted to change my style to change the to be better to to take mm. that time and really focus on on changing the way i sang and being a better singer all around mm. like so in a way the pandemic is was a good thing which is weird to say yeah. but it was I would agree with that. I mean, it's been a great learning experience for, I mean, for Thunder Mother as well. Like we've taken a lot of like, uh, like, I guess this is not very musical, but it's part of the music too, but a lot of business decisions and like kind of like woken up to who we're working with and what we deserve and all these like things that happen behind the scenes. Uh, If it wasn't for the pandemic, we would have continued in that wheel of never growing, never making any money just getting used and blah 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 so i'm i think that the pandemic has been really good in many ways as well i mean 
Yeah. It's the same. It's, it's the exact, to exact same thing. Exact yeah. same thing for us. Can I ask you though, how, what, what have you changed about your singing? A lot of things. Um, so I think in, in 2019, we did 120 shows in like six and a half months. Holy and fuck. <laughs> Can I swear? I've been swearing a lot. I, I, you're, you're, good. Been, you're good. <laughs> I've been swearing too. I've been swearing too, so I apologize, Jay. Yeah. Well, we should have a digital swear jar. Yeah. With yeah. Bitcoin in it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was going to say was, uh, in tw- so yeah, we did, a, we did that in 2019 and we were burnt out. We did 88 shows with Buck Cherry. We did seven with Slash and then we did like 31 with deep purple and it was just back to back to back to back and i learned a lot about my voice in that time like it, mm-hmm. you know and i learned a lot about my about myself and i also learned about how to pace yourself I mean, it was my first time that i'd really done anything so like just we, we had done touring in 2018 and a little bit in 2017 when we first started getting on the road but we had never done anything of that extent and it mm-hmm. was it was a lot of work and and when the pandemic happened after the first, you know, two months of depression were gone, I just kind of, I had just before, right when the tour had ended, I'd started working with an amazing vocal teacher who I recommend to literally anyone who wants to better themselves because she's a genius. And it's Melissa Cross, who's known as at Zen of Screaming at Instagram. Shout out to Melissa. I love you. Um, and I, talked to her and she broke it down for me in a way that was like scientific it was she went and watched every video of uh, myself that she could find on the internet and and created this map she's like okay so i i know how your voice works i know how you use it i know what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right and now we can decide what you want to do with that and and you can ask jay he saw he knows the the former you know, kind of world that I was working in, and he saw me in Chicago. And the first thing he uh, you said to me, Jay, was how, was how different it was. Um, so uh, Miles Kennedy was my benchmark. I saw yeah. we were touring in the mid tour, a middle of that year with them, and I just saw how effortless he was, and how and his range was 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 wonderful, and and he was just poised every single night and like i'm talking there was no pullback he was he was magnificent and i was inspired and i said i want to be like miles i want to be like miles in in my in my own way and she helped me achieve that and so when i came back um when we did the dirty honey tour in the spring of 21 that was the first time i got to exercise the my new technique and it wasn't quite there yet and this year doing the Dorothy tour, like I feel like I've really reached for me, my peak so far. And, and mm. I'm think not just the peak in, in ability um, that it that took for a long time to, to, uh, to change all of my bad habits, but um, uh, just a, a peak in um, my sustainability, because the yeah. one thing I want to be able to do is bring it every single night. And mm. my show is very physical. So I have to be very, uh, very fit. And and it, that takes effort. And I have mm. to drink like two gallons of water a day. And it's, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, it's, yeah. that's just, 
that's that was the thing that I that I feel like I really achieved this tour because you know I'm yeah. off tour and my voice doesn't feel bad and I'm like that's yeah. great I, I texted you have a voice I'm guessing like for me one of those big uh, at least when I went to MI and I started really you know getting help for my like extreme vocals type stuff and to have a voice left after a show it was like a win before but now it's like yes. now it's always like that but I, I I think it's really cool to hear another singer that takes the singing seriously and i don't know i always i do the it's called fornakonsrar in swedish um it's a glass straw that you blow into water i, uh, I have so, the same thing i have the same yeah, thing so my, that's my something that, yeah i mean that that to me has been like a huge part of me like healing and warming up and it's like i know the vocal coach that uh, or the lady that recommended it to me a few years ago when when i had the vocal notes because that was the way to get back um she basically said you 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 have to do that for your entire life but i think it's it's such a cool tool and every singer should know about it and i'm going to look look up melissa cross was it melissa cross she's fantastic she's fantastic if you yeah you must she's she's at zen of screaming on instagram uh she changed my life and i tell that all the time i'm like and i tell her I text her after shows. I, I'll ask her for tips like, hey, I'm in this altitude tonight. What do you think I should do? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, actually, that's one of, I'm scared because every, the, the few times that we've been in America, the air conditioning has really fucked up my voice. Like, because uh, okay. I have a naturally raspy voice. So it's like, like whatever I do, it's just all of, this, all of a sudden I'm like black metal. Like I need to really take care. Um and the air conditioning in America is crazy. So no, I know, I'm, I know I, exactly exactly what you're talking about. So this is my uh, my method of beating that. So mm-hmm. if you're in a, if you're in a hotel room and you have the air conditioning on and it's blazing heat outside and you need it, mm-hmm. um, take a get a water bottle right before you go to bed. Drink half the water bottle. Right? There's no better alarm clock than a full bladder. <laughs> so you're gonna mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night, but it's okay. You wake up in the middle of the night. Take care of yourself, drink the other half. And then when you wake up in the morning, your body, your body maintains hydration to a certain mm. degree. Because what happens is it's, that's what's happening is the air conditioning is drying out your throat because the air is circulating throughout the room. And if your mouth is open while you're sleeping, you're drying out the inside of your mouth. That's the, mm. the, the top end of your throat. And that travels down the body. You're, you're pretty much, it, it's just blowing the moisture out of your body, you know? Yeah. And so it's just about, uh, water intake and you, you, again, I, there's lots of little cheating ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I always do when I stay in a hotel room right before I go to bed, all those little hotel cups, I always drink about three or four of those before I go to sleep. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, but I go back to sleep after drinking more water and I always feel good the next day. That's good. Thank you. Good tip. Wrong. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. We're not Again, just a an, podcast. We're also an educational uh, yeah. platform as well. <laughs> for, well, that's what this you is do. specific I mean, for I mean, all singers out there. I mean, really. I mean, Dorothy, Dorothy was so cool to me. She she would use, she had, um, her green rooms usually had a shower, so she would steam her shower up so she could uh, sit in there and she would warm up in her steam room. And she let oh, me use wow. it. A, she let me use it a couple of times. She was super cool. And we, and that's what good singers do. You trade, you trade your little, your things and that's mm-hmm. how you build your own little repertoire and that's because the one thing i never want is I, i'll never even if i hated the person i would never want to see um anyone vocally injure themselves 
because I've no. done that and yeah. it's 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 sad, you know. It's super, yeah. It's and it's, it's hard to get back, and it's especially if you're. I'm I'm feeling like quite a similar energy, at least how you know we pursue and we're trying to do the shows and everything. And I always, I have, I mean, I have to learn to take a step back. And sometimes you have when you have a lot of shows, you need to be at seventy five percent or eighty or whatever, which is really hard for me because uh, I always do a hundred percent or you know try to like. But vocally, is not. I mean, it's not always possible, and it's really heartbreaking when you don't, when you can't control your body and the voice is like not there, and people are always you know, telling you to, it's like, at least for me, they're always coming. And I don't know, that kind of feedback is not always so exciting. Cause I'm, uh, I'm, I know exactly what kind of the, when I do mistakes, I'm hundred percent aware. And I'm like, my heart is critique anyways, but it's, it's really hard when you know, you're doing all these high notes and it's like, it's not happening. So that my, straw thing really, I mean, it's the best thing ever. My, my, my way of combating this 75% thing is because I, I, I give a hundred every night and mm-hmm. my, my way of doing that was in the past. It was all about, I was all about just crazy, 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 crazy. Like that's, I was the craziest and, and I, and I took pride in that. I am the craziest, you know, like, uh, but you know, but you have to sacrifice certain things in order yeah. to make other things work. So you can still give a hundred percent. You just yeah. need, you just, you can give a hundred in the moments that you know you can. And, 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 in the moments that you feel need more focus or need more of a second, like something that I do that Melissa actually taught me about was she said to remind your body to, to not be tight. And I do this yeah. thing when I perform where I will touch my chest with my hand like my mic hand will be here and my other hand i will touch my my chest and rest it there and that touch like you send a signal you gotta you you know when you're when you're relaxed and and you know that feeling uh have a little signal to yourself because it's crazy because after a while you start to develop this thing it's like pressing a button and when Mm -hmm. i'm delivering a very a big note i always Mm -hmm. i I always you you poise yourself you prepare yourself Mm -hmm. but i i will touch that button and it relaxes the body. And when your body's relaxed, there's a lot less force coming against you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There's a lot less force coming against you. And, and I promise you, if, if, if you keep that little thing in mind, it helped me tremendously. It's not a cheat code, but it definitely, it definitely, it's just something else. You know, it's another thing, another thing to throw into the, into the, the, into the basket i'm gonna 100 i'm gonna try that it's i mean that any anything that can help me stay at 100 all the time i thank you for any that advice i just added a gum (laughs) yeah i know it's so stupid and i'm like the past four shows were the first shows that i ever done it because all the songs on our new record are and like the producer when they find out that i can push myself pretty high it's like everything is up there. Yeah. And a lot of the songs on the new album are very like I've pushed my limit. Like I, I, I only use my my chest voice, but I push it really high because I'm not I don't like my own falsetto. So I don't do that. Um, yeah. But I've taught myself to do it really like pretty high. And it's really hard to do it live. So the gum, it was like a joke uh, because um, I saw that. um 
Yeah. Well, I've seen other singers have it, but also like Spinal Tap. And it was kind of like, haha, you know, why is he like chewing gum, Nigel? Ugh. But then it's like, it actually works and it moisturizes the vocal cords. So when you're doing the high stuff, it's actually a really good thing. But you look like an idiot, but it's, it works. No, like I said, it's, it's just, it's just little, I always tell people like half of it is like little security blankets, like yeah. little things you do to like reassure yourself. And again, some nights it's just not going to be there and that's okay. And you got to learn to just be all right with that. I mean, listen to Freddie Mercury's like bootleg performances, like in the, in like the late seventies and stuff, he sounds horrific. He has nights where it's like, what, what are you doing, Freddie? Like what's happening to you? Cause he had vocal yeah. nodes. A lot of people don't know that he had nodes uh, from 75 until the end of his career. He had vocal nodes that he had to deal with all the time, which is crazy. You know, you would think, yeah, but uh, he. um, And they were doing drugs too. That's why I don't really know how people do it. (laughs) No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't smoke on tour. Like I barely drink on tour. Like people offer to buy me like beer or whatever. I'll have a beer on occasion, but I don't drink. I don't like to be, I don't get fucked up. No. When I'm working, when I'm working, I don't, I'm I don't do it anymore either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had an interesting conversation a couple of years ago with with Glenn Hughes. Um, you know, the 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 great vocalist who was in Deep Purple and other bands, and he's amazing, amazing yeah. singer. The Dead Daisies now. Yeah, the Dead, yeah, Dead Daisies. Daisies, absolutely. And, and I saw the Dead Daisies last year. He nails it. He's like seventy two years old. Yeah. When I was interviewing him, oh, good. What's that? I said, he's so good. He's he's remarkable. And I asked him, I said, how do you still sing like you sing? And he's like, I don't stress out about it. I just stay in the moment. And when I got to deliver them the note, I'm more relaxed because I'm just in the moment. I'm not mm-hmm. fretting about, okay, I got this song now in the midway, I got to hit that note. And that's all I'm thinking about. A lot of singers do that. Do you guys yeah. have that issue where you kind of are thinking ahead or are you able to stay in the moment? I've, I've learned to stay in the moment completely. Like what I was saying earlier about, about that, that imaginary button, you know, mm. it, like I know when I, I know when I'm pushing and I, especially now, and I've been really, really adamant about keeping those things on lock and, and taking care of my voice. Cause I really want people to get the, the same from me every single night, you know, like, like mm. I, I, the tour that you saw, Jay, it started in San Diego and it ended in Anaheim. And I, and I wanted everybody every single night to get the, to, to get my best. So that's what pushes me. And when I go on stage now, I'm all smiles and I'm just like, it's my happy place. So keeping yeah. that, my, the body relaxed is he's dead on. That's 100%. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's like, I, I try, um, I'm pretty confident with stuff that I've been doing for a while and I don't, uh, I try not to get stressed, but when it's new material, I do get stressed. Uh, but, uh, as soon as it's like landed in my like muscle memory, then I'm fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like, cause I know also like if I get like tight enough, I can't do the high stuff. So I need to be relaxed. So it's counter, what's it called? Uh, productive counterproductive yeah yeah counterproductive yeah as far as too singing i mean you you also have to remember that everybody has a camera on their on themselves every time they everywhere they go so you know (laughs) 
with an emerging band, you know, fighting to, to, to gain audience and building an audience, you know, you could be off that one night and your throat could be trash. And of course, somebody, that's the night somebody films the entire show. And then you see the comments on social media, which is not a true reflection. Always of who you that are. way. I feel like, uh, I think we've been lucky. They, the most, mostly of the hate that we get on social media is more about how fat we are or whatever. So it's not usually about, uh, our actual skills. Yeah, no, but really like, it's always like thunder thighs or whatever. They look like they, they look well fed or whatever kind of bullshit people write. Like, it's more that kind of stuff and not so much critiquing our like musicianship. Um, and if I would read something about my, my vocals, I'm, I mean, I feel confident enough that <clears throat> I don't know if there's so many people that can do what I do anyway. So fuck them. There you go. That's the spirit. I like that. <laughs> I like, I like that attitude. I like, I like, I like your attitude a lot. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. It was nice meeting you here. Yeah. I I can't imagine though with, with the age of trolls, which is what we, where where we live in, you know, everyone has a comment about everything. I remember I was told growing up, you know, if you don't like something, just move along. Right. I mean, if you you don't have to comment, but I can't imagine, you know, being female within the age of trolls. Right. I mean, because it's like, man, it's tough, man. It's tough because, uh, I, I have friends like my friends in plush, for example, like, like, uh, if, if you know plush, like they, they have to deal with some, just, just some scum of the earth. Like get the, get out of here. Go, go get out of your basement. Go get, go, go into the sunlight. You, you, you know, and I can imagine it's the same for Thunder Mother, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> it's a lot. But like I said, it's a lot about like our bodies and things, which I don't feel have anything to do with our mus- musicianship and how we perform and how we deliver a show or anything. It has nothing to do with it. But yeah, these trolls are, unfortunately, they're very loud. And sometimes you get more. And uh, I think recently we had some issues and... Um, it got intense and I actually am very like, I don't, I'm very like protective. So I did the mistake of like joining in on like when they were hating online on us because we had to cancel some shows in the UK and they were talking mad shit about us online. Like all these promoters were just like these divas, these, this, like, it was just like, I was like mind blown how these people had the energy to talk so much shit. And then I, being the person that I am, joined that party and I was just like, no, it's like this, blah, blah, blah. and then it just like that shitstorm was never ending. So I promised the band that I would never do that again. And uh, I promised myself that I would never do that again because you just, you know, it's just fuel to the fire. But um, don't be the is, trolls. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, but it is very heartbreaking because they do, they talk so much shit and they take every opportunity and everything you post they'll hop on and start keep keep talking about this negative stuff that has nothing to do with, you know, where you're going. And I know a lot of them shut up when we posted that we are going on tour in August uh, with Scorpions and Whitesnake, but it was just like a few weeks of constant hatred and these promoters even posting videos talking bad about us and like an opening band talking bad about, like it was so crazy. And it's like, you I don't want to know, know where uh, look, to get the energy to do it. Look, either. jealousy is a powerful drug. 
you know, and, uh, and there are a lot of people who are going to tell you all sorts of things. I mean, I mean, it's a completely different scenario. Like, like, for example, like I move a lot, I dance a lot. You have no idea how many times I get dudes in the comment, they're like, this guy, he moved too much. You know, it's like, I'm just having fun, dude. Like I get that your hips don't work anymore and your, and your life left you, but that's, you know, that's not my problem. You know what I mean? So these, you know, these people who are giving you garbage are just people who are just mad that you have what they want. And the the thing is, yeah, and they don't and know the thing is, and if they're acting like that, then they never deserved it in the first place. So you should never feel bad. If anything, when when the guys and I get negative comments now, we're like, oh, what is that? And now it's like an event. Now it's like, let's see what this stupid, wormy yeah. dude somewhere in the in in the world is saying on his key this keyboard warrior. So when you see it now, mm. that's how I that's what I always tell my, my uh, other people about that stuff. I'm like, look at that stuff as as a big joke because that's what those people are putting yeah. that much negativity into something then tacked with. So as far as these promoters and these butthurt uh, bands or whatever, like let them mm. let them go cry to their mothers, you know. I you yeah, also no, have to realize. I agree. Too, yeah, you have to realize too that anyone that sits online and <laughs> makes derogatory videos about bands or whoever and makes comments on social media, um, they don't really have much going on, no. right? They don't really have much going on because if they did have a lot going on, they wouldn't be in front of their computer making comments. <laughs> They'd be out and about doing what they need to do in life. Yeah, you know? exactly. so, yeah. so yeah, so um, you guys talked about during the pandemic, taking a step back and kind of getting the back end of your business because each band is a business mm-hmm. more together, more on a, on a, on a, on a proven path, on a good path. How difficult is that to do, you know, in this day and age, it's always been difficult. We always hear the stories. We hear the, you know, Van Halen one, you know, sold, I don't know how many millions of records on their first run and they owed the record company money when they got off tour. <laughs> I mean, so it's always been there. So, but how is, how prevalent, how difficult is it in this day and age, being a new band, being pulled in different directions, management companies, record labels, independent, whatever you want to be. It just seems like, like there's more sharks than ever before. I don't think there's more sharks than ever before. I I think the difference is, is that because everything has been downsized in a lot of ways because of of the you know the rise of streaming and everything and you know record labels aren't throwing out millions of dollars per contract anymore like it, or etc plus the entire industry is just a lot different i think but um i think ultimately it is extremely difficult because it's contractual legal stuff i mean depending on on how much confidence you had in something when you start versus when it ends is, is difficult to say. I mean, I think for the, for us, the pandemic just revealed a lot of cracks and only just now have we patched all those cracks up. And, and it, that's so thinking like that. We started, we already were coming around to that in 2020 and we only just fixed that problem. So that can give you kind of an idea into how difficult that can actually be. Can you tell us what problem it was? I'm curious. Or is that confidential? It's a little it's a little private. I think okay. let, me put it, let me put it this way. You you'll you'll understand this. You'll know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. the parties involved, the third parties involved 
may do great work for other things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because they're doing somebody else that they work with is doing very well, that you're going to be receiving the same treatment and or attention and or enthusiasm. Mm. And then sometimes you outgrow certain aspects of things that you start with. Like when you were there, when you started, it made sense. And now you're at a point where you need different firepower. You need different personnel. You need different personalities and in in order to grow. So that's my very, very, very vague political way. Yeah, very diplomatic, but I did understand. I I could read between the lines. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that we are in the exact same situation. We've we've ended relationships now, so we have a. But I can be clear. I mean, because we just like it's you know we uh, we've ended the because we yeah we got to a point where we maximized what they could do for us, yes. and a lot of things have happened that were not cool, and where we should have been protected and put in priority, and that was not the case, and it happened so many times. And also we've been in a situation and I think this is because we're all female um, that a no is not a no always. And we've been like run over so many, many times. And before uh, we were very like eager taking everything and yes, 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 yes. And just grateful for every opportunity. Whereas um, you can only do so much. Uh, You need to pay, pay your rent and you need to do, you know, just minimum stuff. We're not expecting to be millionaires, but we want to be able to at least pay the rent <laughs> and like tiny little stuff that is completely normal for everyone else working in any other job. Just minimal respect, you know, uh, you know. And so um, we ended the, the relationship with, um, yeah, we are yeah. currently yeah. without a management, if anyone knows. <laughs> and uh, also uh, we have a new booking agent, which we are very excited about. So, Yeah. It's just, it's heartbreaking because you work with people for so many years and you build relationship with people's people that you almost believe. I mean, I'm naive, so I've learned to not do this again, but where you believe that they're your friends and they're there to be your teammates and be the fifth member and do everything for you. But then you realize they're only there to build their own brand and it's all about them and not so much about and they're just using you as a stepping block. So I, I'm just happy that we like woke up. I know that sounds cheesy now, but it feels like we woke up and like saw the world for what it was. And now we're just like cleaning out all the weeds and trying to, you know, start working with people that are professional and want the same things as us. And I don't care if they just want to make money as long as they're honest and upfront with the planning and the strategies and all that stuff. Um, yeah. No, that's honestly, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough ball game to be in. You know, I've like the guys and I have been through this more than more than a few times now. And yeah. only just now, like in the last seven years, I, I, I feel like really secure in my decisions, but a lot of that has to do with like the learning curve. Like you said, yeah. you know, you gotta, you don't know anything when you come into this, like the music industry is unlike any other industry in the world. And, you know, people who are not, who are, who are not involved in it, it's very hard for people to understand like the, the, 
the specifics of it, when you try to explain it to somebody who doesn't do it, it's like speaking Chinese. They're like, well, how does that yeah. work? Why would that be like that? Why would you do that? Why do you need to do this? Who's this for? You know, it's like, yeah. well, it's hard to explain all those things, but, um, yeah. But it's also, I feel yeah. like the music industry in it, it's very old fashioned, like how everything yeah. works, how everything, how, how you pay a manager or how you, everything is just dated. If you look at any, like as an entrepreneur or any kind of business, like if you start up your business, like it's, I just wished it was more modern and more yeah up to date. And also that musicians and people working in like cultural stuff, artists, God, res the respect they deserved. I mean, it's one thing when we play live and everyone is like, whoa, but then you go home and you can't pay your bills. Whereas like any other job, that's a, that's, you don't, if you, even if you work at a, you know, Ralph or whatever, uh, you know, food store or whatever, you get paid. You wouldn't go there if you didn't get paid. But musicians are just expected to live off air and be grateful and like, you know, and I know it sounds so negative and dark because we obviously do this because we are passionate and we love what we do because you wouldn't ever do this if you didn't, if this wasn't your life goal and dream and the only thing you could see yourself doing, you would never be in a band doing what we do because it is so like the dark side or the flip side of it is it is pretty draining uh, you only do it because that's all you see yourself doing. But I just wish that we could like make it more even so you could get that respect and at least have minimum wage, regardless of what you do. So you can do this work and be passionate about it and still survive and all these things. And I know we in Sweden have it better than a lot of other countries, but I just, it's something that during the pandemic has been so clear to me that culture is not respected and it's not, we we don't have the same security as any other job. And I think that's unfair because everyone listens to music. Everyone has, it's such a big part of everyone's life that it's weird that it's so secondary or, you know, it's not prior a priority to like respect the musician enough to pay the minimum wage even. I mean, in, in that regard, I mean, it's just, you know, that's why it's the job the job that not a lot of people do, you know, it's like you have to, I yeah. always people, you know, people have said it a million times, like you have to be a little crazy yeah. to do this job. And I mean, I mean, I know what you're talking about firsthand. Like I know, yeah. I mean, I know that extremely well. And that is something that a lot of people do not, don't know that reality of, and some bands don't want that reality to be known. And, no. and that's, but you know, I'm, I'm always pretty, honest about the fact that like no i'm not a millionaire no <laughs> you know i am not and I, uh, honestly i don't think it's anything anyone should be ashamed of i think it's yeah. something we should talk about like when we uh, we uh, we had to post, uh, postpone a show uh tour um in february and it was still very pandemic and you couldn't do anything and we were honest about oh no it was the uk thing we couldn't afford to go on the tour like we would have to pay out of our savings to go on that tour And that tour was then the one where all the hate came. And we were, we put an honest post out where it was like, the ticket sales are so low. Like, I think we had sold 23 tickets at one venue. Like, it was ridiculous, you know? And we were like, we're coming out of a pandemic. We don't have money to do this. And we were honest. And I have a musician friend, maybe you know The Wild, uh, but the singer in The Wild, he, he wrote to me 
personally and just like, wow, I, I'm really, I really respect your honesty. Uh, and I was like, I didn't realize that we were being so honest, but it's just like, I thought that was obvious. Like, it's not like we're making money and I don't, I might not want to use my savings to go on tour in the UK right now after coming out of a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like just logical things like that. But um, I just wish people would be more honest because it's no point in being like, oh, I'm living a high life, jet set life and, and just painting a picture that's just not true. I don't know any yeah. musician, like even musicians that are doing better than us, like most of them have day jobs and most, you know, it's, it's such a big gap until you're at that level where you're just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's also, you know, the, the perception because, you know, you have these videos where you show the lifestyle and everyone thinks that that's what happens. That's what, that's what rock stars do. But, you know, coming out of a pandemic, like you said, Guernica, if, if you go on that UK tour and you've got your road crew, you've got your driver, you've got all that stuff and you have to cancel shows because rising COVID numbers or there's a COVID outbreak, you still have to pay those people to do that, but you're not bringing any money in. So, you know, I remember, also, I think, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, also, I remember when the warning postponed their tour, they were supposed to originally come to the States I think in February and yep. the numbers were still very high and they made the decision to postpone what they were doing to the spring to later on in the spring, which is what they did because of that very reason, because, you know, with just, you don't know if you go to Florida, you may play, but if you end up in Chicago, you may not, you know, at, at the time Chicago had proof of vaccine or proof of a negative test. Other places didn't. So, you know, it's, there was a lot of factors going on and, Shame on people for getting not understanding current times and, and, and understanding that. But the worst part is that we wouldn't have received any hate if we just lied and said someone had COVID in the band. It was our it like, but people rather hear lies than the, the truth. It's so fucked up everything. Like <laughs> I would have respected a band honestly more than just like, because we could have canceled the same day of the tour and be like, we have COVID, like we can't come. But we didn't do that. And we still got hate for it. So it's like people are strange. Yeah, I don't know why they would hate on you for that. Um, that's really, this, I guess that's that's like even like beyond some things I've seen. I'm not surprised, but it is it is just weird to hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, dealing with that is, what was it, uh, a, a really, um, really cool person I met a long time ago told me uh, when it comes to making money in the music industry, you have to be as creative as you are with your songs, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's, it's a tough, it's a tough game. I mean, like, because it's not something that you can regulate, you know, it's not something yeah. that like every band gets paid this much money that exists. Like, it's like, cause there's always going to be some level of, of mm -hmm. like, you know, you, like, so it, that's the reason why you can't like, you can't unionize like rock bands, you know, cause like at that point, it's just going to create division because like, okay, well, who's a good band and who's a bad band and, uh, this band that can barely play their instrument. Union? Uh, not, we have a musician's union in the States, but not for like bands. Um, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Cause we have it in Sweden and everyone in the band is in the union of musicians, but. Okay. It doesn't really help, you know, 
they're still just not going to pay you. <laughs> yeah, well, well that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're like a if you're a concert trombone player here, and you know, you get work, you get pretty regular work. You know, it it can't work. That's the kind of the, the sad thing about like it. It can't on paper. It it just doesn't make sense. Like, it is, you know, it won't work that way because it's like, you know, you there's a million rock bands, and it's like, okay, how will you how do you decide? Is everyone equal? Or is ever is there brackets or and you know and that's just that's why that brackets? stuff just that's why like in practice it's it's such a it's such a shit show like it really is when you try to break those things down like like I wouldn't even know where to begin with that so yeah. like all all I've ever known as a musician is the grind and yeah. and so I I live in the the mindset of the grind and yeah. you know working towards a payday is is. That's something that I would love to make for more people to know. And if they watch this, they will know is that, you know, working towards the payday, that's what most bands are doing. They're working towards a payday that may or may not come. And, yeah. and that's, that's just the reality because, you know, that's just how it works. The industry is such a, it's, it's a, it's a popularity contest and it's a, But I also think you can be yeah. smart. Like, I feel like if everyone learned, like your friend told you, like you have yeah. to be smart, like creative in different ways. Like you, yeah. you have to extend your hustle. <laughs> it needs yes, to you be do. Several... You have to extend. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be like, like think of yourself as a proper entrepreneur and you're like doing everything you can. <laughs> yeah. Anything you can to make a dollar. I mean, like I just, I mean, Jay... me and the bass player just took command of our merchandise again. That's like a well, no, huge I've, thing. <laughs> I have never, I have never, I have never not sold the band's merch. Yeah. No, no, but we just, yeah. with our previous like little, yeah. you know, questionable people that we worked with, we got persuade persuade into signing oh yeah persuade to signing papers that like gave us nothing on our merchandise and we're not like a huge band where nothing would still be a lot we're an upcoming band so now when that was over and they tried to assign us even something worse uh we um we decided uh, i have a good support system here at home so I we decided to no we we can actually do this on our own. We did it in the beginning. We can take it back, and now we control our merchandise. And and yeah, it's just been a few months, but it's it just feels better to at least have that that side of the business where you could make some money. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, your lifeline is merchandise, right? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. But if you work with shady people, they try to like fit it in and everything. And it's kind of like, you shouldn't even know about the merchandise. That's like yeah. the band stuff. You shouldn't put the, like the, the merchandise shouldn't be added to the, the, whatever we get paid at the gig. Like that's something that we should take care of and know about. And, you know, I just, that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I always tell this to, I preach this. I'm like, I don't care what level you're at. Like, the the merch is the bread and butter. I mean, you get to a certain point where it, you can't do it anymore, and that I understand. But up until you reach that point, I always tell every band, like, you should be out there selling your own merch, not standing there sell, selling your own merch, uh, conversing with these people that want to buy your stuff. Because because yeah. I've been doing that ever since we started touring in 2017. I have been at that merch table 
every single night. And I still go there right when the show is done. I don't walk backstage. I don't do anything. I walk off the stage. Sometimes I will jump into the crowd and I will walk to the back to the merch table every soaking wet. Like I do it every single night. And I always tell people, I'm like, you are the ultimate, uh, come over here, sign, uh, 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 was it a advert? You are the ultimate advertisement for your music, Mm -hmm. for your stuff. If you're standing there and you're selling your merch, you're going to make more money per night. And whenever I see bands that don't do that, that could do it and, and could make uh, double what they're probably going to sell. I mean, it's, it's like the difference between like speaking to you directly. It's like, Oh, I want to get a shirt. And then they talk to you and then, Oh, I really like this person. I want to buy another thing. That's another couple of dollars that go into your back pocket. So that's, that's my extending of my hustle. I work as hard yeah. out the booth as I do on stage. So yeah. like, because we do that, that too, it's a lifeblood. We've always done that. We always yeah. go after the show. The only difference is that we might touch up our makeup or just <laughs> make, make, get rid of the black under the eyes and then be like, Let's do this, but <laughs> I feel I, I feel sweat that. I and feel everything, that. fucking staged outfits, and we go out there. But during the pandemic, since we did shows, obviously we, for obvious reasons, we weren't allowed. Yeah. And during the last week in Germany, it was still kind of like, um, and we got the advice that we shouldn't, but we yeah. always try to do it, you know, as much as we can. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a good. It definitely it it, it helps the sales a lot. Well, it attracts yeah. people. Like if they know yeah. a member of the band is at the table, they're more likely to go there. Yeah. You know, then rather than just pick up and go home or just sit and wait for the other band to come on stage. So it does mean something. It does it instantly attracts the crowd to wherever you're at. The girls yeah. actually just a quick about that. On my birthday, they gave me a t-shirt where it says, um, I'm like something along the lines of like, I'm like the singer. I'm I'm, I, I can't talk. I'm resting my vocal cords or whatever, because that's the only problem I get when we're out there because it's like, you know, super loud. And like, you have to yell over the f- broken speakers or whatever in that club or whatever. And it's just like, they made that for me for my birthday. So at least then I can go out and be like, you know, yeah, you gotta do the sign language. You see, I like talking. So it's a very hard thing. <laughs> no, I have, I have the same problem as you probably realized. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just one of the things that, like, at this point is, like, become, that, that's, like, the only thing that I don't, that's the only reason why I might have to stop doing it at some point in the future is just because I, I most of the time it's in such a loud room, yeah. and I'm doing it by myself, because, like, I, I, well, not necessarily, like, I go out there, because we keep our crew really small to save on costs. So we, the guys will, when the other three dudes in my band um, will go and load out all the equipment and put everything back in the car and do all that stuff. They do the heavy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like, I mean, again, it's not like I I wouldn't help them, but I, we all, we have these, we have these designated roles. Like, Oh, Nick will go out and he'll sell the merch uh, Mm -hmm. for the, uh, up until the end of the night. And then the guys come out at the end and then uh, people can take, pictures or whatever the heck they want to do uh, or uh, tell us we suck both things happen and um <laughs> and it seems so you know, american to be so honest like nobody asked for your opinion <laughs> an asshole is an asshole whether they're in america <laughs> yes, yeah. whether it's pink purple or blue it is you know um 
Um, but uh, yeah, that's the that's that's how we that's our little way of doing it. it just makes things easier, you know. It uh, the, the you know the three guys can help our crew guy, who is usually our tour manager slash sound guy. Like on this tour, it was ZG, who was the best sound guy in the world. Love you, ZG, best sound guy tour manager ever. Love you. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. So that's, that's how that, I'm stealing that's, him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you'd love him if you met him you'd love him you'd be like maybe i will do it he's he's great okay. people but uh and one of my best friends ever but um uh yeah so the other three guys aid him it's just our way like we try to be as self-sufficient and as like bare minimum as possible like on this last tour i think we only stayed in a hotel maybe four times and you share rooms then or you get single rooms we share rooms and and then the rest of the time we just sleep in the van Maybe that's because, because every, you're guys too. And well, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I always tell. <clears throat> let me. Well, this is. Oh yeah, here's a great touring tip. Planet mm -hmm. Fitness. Get Planet Fitness um, memberships. Our tour managers yeah. just told. He told us about that last week, so we can shower. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, that's that is that's what we do. We, we won't drive. do any workouts. That's not happening. Well, well I mean. <laughs> I mean, we 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 go to the gym and stuff. You know, obviously you don't have to do I that. Too, but, the, but it but it's the best it's the best thing in the world because, like you know, I we get in the car after the show. I put the merch away at the end of the night. Load it all up. We get in the car. We drive to a Planet Fitness parking lot that are twenty four hours, so you can park there all night. We'll park there late in the early in the morning, late in the night, wake up the next morning. There's always food places around. You go to the gym, you have a workout, you shower, you get some lunch. That becomes our, that's every day. You know? So, but those are ways to, to save money on tour to, uh, and to cut back on what I, what I deem as unnecessary costs, you know? Mm -hmm. And Those are like uh, tour warrior trips uh, tips. I mean, tour warrior tips. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I, um yeah noted the kind of fitness thing. I really like. We we on the other hand are a little. I don't know. We've been a band yeah like five or six years too now, uh, and we've done so much. And maybe it's because I don't know why it is, but uh, we we have like come to a point where we have to have single rooms. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there, is there a story there? Is there, is there a story oh, there? I feel, like, I, feel like there, I feel like there <laughs> is. I feel like there is a story. No, I mean, um, maybe in my future, <laughs> when I write a book about my oh, life, yeah. and that's coming out. But I'd say that. Um, let me try to figure out how to say this in a diplomatic way. Um, We just need our alone time. I mean, yeah, it's like it's, for our mental health, we we just we can play, have fun on stage and we can have fun, too. We have fun together. But if we don't get our alone time, it's um, way more draining than it would have been if not. You know, if we used to share rooms, but now it's become more of a important thing. But we're aiming to do like that American tour to like treat ourselves to a hotel room maybe once a week. I mean, it depends. We'll see how we do it, but um, see, that's, 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 that's the, like the thing right there. Least. There's like the most real statement like that you could say as a, as a, as a true musician. I think, I think we'll treat ourselves tonight. Yeah. Yeah. 
we'll treat ourselves to a comfort inn. To a comfort yeah. inn. Right there, yeah. <laughs> what are the cheapest hotels? Like one of those, like along the road or whatever? Like, oh, the yeah, Motel 6. You don't want to stay those. You don't no, want to stay Don't stay there. Don't stay there. The Motel? Don't stay, stay, don't yeah. stay at Motel 6. If you want bug bites, you can stay at Motel 6. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah no, don't no, stay no. Plus comfort the uh, comfort in. That's comfort in solid. Comfort in, affordable. <laughs> is that like yeah. a real like that's a real tip? Like that's not like No, no, it is. No, no, comfort in is a real, it's affordable. Free continental breakfast. Come on. I love that. That's good. <laughs> Jay yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Jay I know exactly. I, I know ex- yeah. Comfort in, and I would say if you wanted to stay on like the the high end of affordability, you know, like there's there's affordability, then there's low end affordability, which is Motel Six. You got you, yeah. there's never there's never the clientele at a Motel Six <laughs> you would have to worry about. Okay, you would have to worry about. <laughs> is that like a, like I can imagine like you know when you stay at places like, where you're just like. Like, I feel not, like there might have ha- like some trafficking or something horrible has happened here. Like, yeah, well, it just you, feels that like is, a, that is maybe, happening there. I don't know. Happening there. I don't know. This is just not. I don't want to be here. It's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. No. There's, yeah. Yeah. Comfort, kind of comfort in. Comfort, comfort in. And then the high end. I would say. I would say like Hyatt Place would be like. I was about a, to say the Hyatt. Yeah. I was yeah. About to say. Hyatt. <laughs> Hi. Not not a regular Hyatt. Hyatt Place. Hyatt Place. Yes. Oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> take, take, take notes, Veronica. Take notes. What? <laughs> Are you getting this down? You know <laughs> I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Yeah. yeah. But Motel 6, like Super 8, don't stay with anything no. with a number. No. With a number. Any Nothing number. with a no. number. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're bed bugs and they're just disgusting. Or yeah. Anything that has the word like like Excel like Excel in, you know, where there's a bunch of semis and truckers in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah don't stay at those places. No, I, yeah. I, I mean, I listen to so many and I watch so many like true crime podcasts. I feel like that's so uh, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, true crime and then like when <laughs> you, you know when what? you're like, in you, your you hotel, see, like a trucker, I mean, all truckers are not obviously. No, most no. truckers are actually you're really nice. Than, like yeah. having picked up somebody and it's not cool. And it's just like, Bleh. But here's the thing too with a lot of like Motel Six. So you'll you'll get in your room, you'll get your shower going, and you walk from the bed to the shower, and then you're in the shower and you're washing yourself, and you look at your feet like, how the bottom of my feet get dirty? Oh. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh. oh god, that's right, let's like bring, a, let, let's bring it up a level. Let's bring it up a level. Let's let's get. This <laughs> is all, all good advice for touring in the states. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you um, ever need any ever need anything about that, uh, uh, my uh, Instagram is at uh, Nick Reese JW. Add me on there if you ever have a question about anything. Ever need anything? I will. I'm always always there to help. I'll add you if you promise to follow back. I will follow you back. <laughs> I'm not one good. of those people. I will follow you back. <laughs> Some people are a little like. No, I'm, I will. I'm not gonna lie. I, I can be a little back. bit like that too. That's why I asked. Oh, oh! Like so she's just hoping that I'm not like her. That's what she's saying. Okay, got it. <laughs> as far as the community of bands, you, we talked a lot about, you know, management and being on the road and, and learning things. Is there really a sense of community with the new emerging bands? Is there still some bands that are like very secretive that don't want to give out their secrets or anything? How how is that experience for you guys? 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, at this point, everybody who's in New Rock that you've like, it's like that you've talked about, I've met in some capacity or I know in some capacity. So some more than others, but I don't know. I mean, everyone's pretty cool for the most part. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I haven't had too much trouble. I mean, you run into like the occasional, like, you know, Addicts. stick their chest out kidding. local band that wants to people's elbow you or whatever. They think that it's like the Olympics, you know, but it's like, uh, but even that, like I was that way too. And when, when we were first kicking around, so like, I never have any, I've never like, that never perturbs me or anything. I try to be, I really do try to be as supportive and nice to anybody. And that's in the business because when someone's trying to get out there and do it, you got to have respect. You got to have respect just for, just for the attempt. If they're going to go around and just be a, a bunch of dicks, then fuck them. But if they're just doing their thing and, and they're, they got that healthy competition and they're doing, and, and, you know, and, and they're making a run for it and they're, and, and that's their passion. And then I, I, all I want to do is help cultivate that flame. I'm the opposite. I like the drama. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but seriously, no. We, I agree. We, uh, we love meeting other bands, and especially you know, people that are working as hard as we are and just pursuing the same dream, and that are you know at the level that we are, so, because we can relate to each other. We're going through the same things, and um, I can't wait to meet even more bands, like in America, to meet you guys, like in person, to meet other bands that are really trying to be, you know, the future of rock because all the legends are, you know, they're in the 70s, they're 70s plus, blah, blah, blah. So we need to have people taking over after them. And I feel like there's certain bands that are really taking music seriously and all respect to you guys and everyone that's out there, you know, trying. Uh, I always find it strange when people have like an attitude. I think that's super weird because Either you've been there or you're going to be, you know, like, it's like, it's, I don't know. And most of the people that like, when you meet people that are really established, most of the times they're really down to earth because they know the journey. And it's like, this like mid, I don't know, but it, it's like, it's a rare thing to meet people that are not nice and down to earth. And when you do, I'm always surprised because it's like one day you're playing a huge festival and the next day you're playing a little like tiny mini venue and nowhere and it's like that it should make your ego like normal yeah you know like you shouldn't be a diva or act weird when that's the yeah. reality of things yeah there are very few times that i've met people that have truly just like i guess the only one i could describe is like disgusted me <laughs> or mm -hmm. it's like you know like what i don't care do? how uh i mean you know you just you just meet some personalities where i'm like like really bro i mean like you have no reason to be acting that way like look if, if someone who's like gigantic you know who's been told they've been great for 30 years like has a ego problem i can accept that but when it's someone who just has no business throwing a little temper tantrum about something insignificant like like i i really like i'm I let everything roll off my shoulders. Like if something happens, I like I, it, my, especially on the road or whatever, like my goal is this show. I don't care what's going on with this fool. Like, you know, I don't, or whoever the heck it is. Like, like the show is, it's important. The people here are what's important. Giving them a show is what's important. 
you know, I, I will never put myself in a position where I, I think I'm better than the people in the audience. And there are plenty of, I met plenty of people who have that kind of attitude, who have that sort of like, I'm giving you a gift, like, fuck you. Like, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff bothers me. And I wish I could say that it, that it hasn't happened, but <laughs> it's happened more than a few times. So. I feel like the worst ones that I've met are usually addicts though. So they don't really, they, you, but that's like the honest, I mean, really right. like when they You're have right. problems with other things that all usually messes with their minds and makes yeah. them not cool. But uh, yeah. in general, I think people are nice and try to help each other more than anything else. And I yeah. think that's how we need to, we need to help each other as a community of musicians, like, you know, if you have questions, I can help you. And the other way, like, what's the yeah. point? I mean, there's enough room for all of us to make it. So why even, you know, and what hopefully are everyone is unique enough too. So it's not even yeah. a big deal. What are your definitions of making it? Mm. I mean, I would love to be a household name. <laughs> uh, to be completely honest. My, my dreams are huge. Like, I want to headline Rock and Rio. I want to play Madison Square Garden. Like I want to, I want to be huge. I want to be the next ACDC big. Like I want to take over after the legends because I don't know if you saw the documentary about the van and they discuss. Do you know what documentary I'm talking about? The one that Dave Grohl did. Yeah. He made it. You've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a great documentary. You should watch it if you haven't. Uh, and they mentioned there like. There hasn't really big been any big rock acts since like the '90s that have really like that do that like the major tours and become like mainstream big artists. And for me, that that's uh, obviously something I would like to try in making it. Plus, it would be super cool to be in the first all female band to be that big. That would also be cool. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> simple things like that <laughs> you <laughs> i think for me what success will mean for me is making rock music relevant again and exactly. if playing a part and playing a part in that i mean i have aspirations for myself but i think ultimately i love the genre to the point where i want to see it evolve and the reinvention of the sound is what's most important to me and the furthering of its future. So whether I'm a part of the band that does that, it does it the most or does it a tiny bit doesn't really play too much into it for me. I, I just think success for me will be playing a part in, in rocks refresh. Yeah. And, um, all that other stuff doesn't really matter that much to me. I think, mm -hmm. I think if, if I work and I continue to work as I've worked, then those things will, will come. And if they do or they don't, I I've made an impression with a lot of people and I hope to continue to do that. And I think that's, that's enough for me. And anything else would just be a plus. That's sweet. <laughs> no, but I agree with you. I've always actually, when I started playing, you know, when I decided that I was going to focus 
uh, everything I'm, you know, making it as a musician. That was also, I want to be part of the, when rock come, takes over again, like I want to be part of that. I want to be, yeah, I want to, I want to be part of that wave when rock is comes back in full force and just becomes a mainstream genre again. I think that would be super cool um, <clears throat> regardless. And obviously be my mark as a, you know, with good songs and, you know, all that stuff too. But yeah. I don't think people realize that the next 10 years, 10 years from now, I should say 2032, the landscape of rock is going to be incredibly different because a lot of those legacy artists will no longer be able to tour for a variety of different reasons. So there is going to be a, a huge change, a huge momentum change of where rock fans go. And it kind of reminds me of when I was growing up um, in the early eighties, when I was like seven, eight years old, um, you know, Zeppelin had disbanded. The stones were kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do. Van Halen had their debut album and ACDC was kind of rolling around, but that was kind of really it at that time because disco had taken over. And then there was like the singer songwriter era with kind of like elevator music, as we call it here in, uh, in the States. New wave. Well, there's, yeah. And then the punk and new wave was also starting too, as well, but rock was trying to figure out its place as well at that time, because those bands from the seventies were, were kind of, you know, black Sabbath was on the back end of their, you know, career with Ozzy and of course, Ronnie James deal. But then there was like this big momentum shift with all these new bands at the beginning of MTV, not what MTV became, but at the beginning where you had bands like Judas Priest and you had bands like Maiden, you had bands and Van Halen started to really surge. And it almost feels like that moment where, and I think the pandemic really did help rock music because my son, who's Nick, Nick has met, um, who's 17. Um, he said something to me during the pandemic. He's like, I think a lot of kids my age went into the pandemic, listening to hip hop and pop music. But when you're in lockdown and you're doing the same thing every day, a kid needs something different and they develop a lot of like they get pissed off because they're doing the same thing and that angst needs some somewhere to go. And rock music has always been there for the people who need that angst to go somewhere. They, they've Rock music is the is the spokesperson for angst. And I believe I, that's happening because with with seeing the warning and seeing Joyous Wolf and Dorothy last couple of weeks, there is a shift in the age of the crowd where it's not just people my age liking new music. There's a lot more younger people coming, you know, early twenties, late teens. And that's really where it's important. Yeah. We've had children at our, our the, the past shows we had, there were a few children there and we were just like, like I, I made a point of like telling the audience, like we have, there's four kids in the front this is like the future of the genre. And then I couldn't be more happy to see kids and the parents bringing their kids to the show. I know they're usually not allowed to be at shows, but that just made me so happy to see that. There's still like a next generation happening here because for us in Thunder Mother, yeah, the, the, the age for our fan group is, yeah, they're much older and usually men. But we've noticed that it, there's more women coming and more a mixture more and more, which we are very happy about. And we hope to see even more of that. I think it's really silly 
that uh, the, the thing, the genre thing, the, the, the genre war, I think is the stupidest, biggest waste of time in the history of the, of the universe, because it's just, it, 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 everyone's like this old thing when rock takes back the crown. I'm like, no guys, like you should be like, I tell people all the time. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Rock is yours again. Rock belongs to the underground and to the people again. That's awesome because that's where the next Titans will, will be, will be made. The next weapons will be forged in rock music is in the underground. If it was mainstream, the reason why rock died is because it was so mainstream that it just became, it, it just what it lost all edge that was possible. And the things that do have edge like hip hop and rap, it's like, regardless of how, if you listen to it, like I don't listen to a lot of rap or anything, but there is a lot of edge there. There is a lot of, of outsider isms there, you know, and that's what makes it appealing. And that's why people like it. And for pop music, pop music has always sucked. It's never been good. You know, I literally said this to Jay. I was like, pop music has always sucked. <laughs> you know, the I disagree. Gum. I disagree. But yeah, I respect your opinion. You liked Tiffany in the 80s? Like, like, I don't know who's Tiffany like, in the 80s. No, that's not, no, I'm just saying, like, like, no, Jay knows what I'm talking about. Oh, you about. mean the song? The, the, the uh, singer, the singer Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. No, no, no yeah, They're, that's what I was saying. They're, they're, that's, see, look, this is my point. Are, like, the, the best of pop from previous eras, you're like, hey, that's a good song. But you can ask Jay, Jay, in the old times, where they're not just week after week of just like, who cares? Bullshit pop music. Oh, yeah, there was like Millie Vanilli and, uh, Oh man, I mean, some of the stuff was really horrible, but there was also cool stuff like Duran Duran was always cool. I always liked well, Duran Duran. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying all pop sucks, but I'm yeah. saying the idea that pop music just delivers crap, only crap now and and never oh. ever in the past. Like Brit pop was, our bubblegum pop was was awful. It was terrible. Like you know, like it's it. There's yeah. a lot of bad music. There are people who are making hits with the hokey pokey in the early '60s, like this. I mean, come on. Right said Fred made millions of dollars off a, a song about a shirt. Yeah. You know, I'm too sexy for my shirt. That was like a number one song. That was a huge hit. That was a huge hit. Uh, no, but, yeah. but that's my point. It's like people talking about, oh, pop music. And I'm like, pop music is always delivering like some good things and then lots of garbage, you know, like you know, terrible earworms that you wish would get out of your head. And, yeah. you know, so like, again, the genre war, like, oh, rock will take the crown back. I'm like, no, guys, chill the fuck out. Like, let just let let it let it play out. It, none of that matters because there's not going to be like, you know, the the genuine, the general audience of of Kendrick Lamar is not going to start listening to a Motley Crue based band tomorrow or a Led Zeppelin based band tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like they like, might if they use a beat, like if they actually like sample something from Motley Crue, I sh I'm sure they would be like, whoa, because Motley Crue is actually a pretty groovy rock band. I mean, if you think about it. Maybe they well, wouldn't I mean, use like a death metal band, like stuff. But I think that what I like right now is that and why I think it's so hopeful for the genre. And I'm not just thinking, oh, mainstream success, but I'm also thinking it's just, I would like to reach more people so I can play bigger stages. And that's just the sure. reality of it. I'm not going to be yeah, playing Madison Square Garden unless I'm played every fucking where. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a consequence of success. I want to do that. Uh, but um 
uh, like, what's his name? Um, Machine Gun Kelly. Like, they're doing all these fusion things, which are opening it up for kids today to be like, oh, rock, what is that? And, like, people think that Miley Cyrus is rock. I do. I love Miley, so there's no disrespect there. She is very rock and roll in her press, like, how she presents herself. And she has an amazing voice. But that's rock for pop people. So it's, I feel like it's like, um, what's it called? The... a gateway drug you know what i mean like it's helping them find all the other bands that are actually doing more rock stuff and i i see it as a positive thing and a lot of the artists now i mean it is very like that skate punk vibe but it is a lot of fusion happening on the mainstream radio right now so i mean i think i i I was saying i i'm like splitting hairs sure but i'm talking about the the main people is what i meant i didn't mean like People who just who usually like their digest is of a certain genre. It's like for me, like I'm not going to be listening to a lot of that because I don't. That's just not what I'm into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for the, but, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying it. If the bottom line, if the music is good and it sounds yeah. good and it feels good and the people are going to be drawn to it, I just don't like it. I don't like that conversation because to me, it sounds like people making excuses. That, that that's that's the only reason why I brought it up was like the, the genre war. Oh yeah, okay. That you have to be like just one thing, and then you're taking it. Yeah, it's weird when it's like I I agree with that. That it's yeah. like you could like all genres and still be like you know you don't have to pick a side. Yeah, exactly. Today you I can just, like everything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's cool. Or like a war against disco, like in the seventies or whatever. I love disco. Yeah, I only wear leather jackets and. <laughs> I like disco too. I love disco. I love the glamour and the very like if you can like we mix a lot of that like seventies uh, like the Abba style. Not in our music, obviously, but in our looks, we have special stage outfits that are very seventies glam. Cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, Kiss yeah. made a disco <laughs> album. Don't forget that they did. Yes, they did. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, as we close here, you guys both have new music coming out shortly, and we're all excited for it. What are your guys' plans? I mean, obviously, we know that you're going to be touring the States, Granica, with, with Scorpions and Whitesnake. Are there any plans after that? Are you guys going to stay in the States after that tour? And then, Nick, you know, with your album coming out later this year, too, as well, are there any plans from now until then? Uh, we're going back to Sweden after those months, but we are... Uh, we haven't started planning it yet, but I'm hoping that we will be back in the States in like early 2023 so we can continue to build what we, you know, started. Uh, but besides from that, we have some shows. Uh, we're playing a little cruise thing in Sweden. And I don't know how we're going to be mentally after two months on the road in the States. So honestly, we've, we've been taking, and plus we just changed our booking agent. So I think. Most of our European, we're going to do a major European tour in February, January, February. So that's like the the main thing. You? Uh, I can't talk about anything. Uh, <laughs> I warned so Jay about this. I told him that I couldn't. I warned him. I told uh, him this. He knew. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I, I, I do. I do admit that I knew because <laughs> you told me because I'm like, dude what the fuck's up with the new record? And you're like, I got a story to tell you. And then, um, yeah. 
I can't tell that story yet. I can't yes. really tell the story yet. What, so. a, what about but who's like, the well, producer on the record? Can you say that? I can't, yeah, I can talk about that. Jay Rustin was the producer on the record. He was amazing, and uh, he was one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. Who who what, who has he worked with before? Uh, oh my goodness, um, uh, Stone Sour. Um, uh, God, I'm blanking right now. Uh, Corey Taylor. He just did Corey Taylor's uh, solo record. Oh my, I love that. That's yeah, yeah really good. <laughs> CMFT. Uh, uh, he did. Uh, God, I'm 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 sorry, Jay. I'm blanking on your resume right now. Um, it's enough. It's enough. He's done great uh, stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to remember anyways. But he's done. He's, that he's stuff done is good. Tons of stuff. Yeah, he's done tons cool. of stuff. Uh, and he's also done, he did our last two singles and we love working with him. He lets us play live. He lets us do it the old fashioned way and nice. it works for us. Yeah. Any, any tour cool. plans, any festivals or anything like that? Or can you not say anything? Oh, really? We're, we're playing Vakken. I don't know if you know that festival. Buckhead? Oh, Wacken. Yeah. Oh, 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 Wacken. Oh, Wacken, yeah, in Germany. It's like the European's biggest rock and metal festival. I think there was a documentary on that. On Wacken, yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. I mean, it's it's a really well, like, super nice festival. It's so funny. Like, it's funny talking to someone um, from Europe and... uh, it's just funny to be like, oh, we're going to America. Just how we're like, oh, we're going to Europe. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just such, it's just such a funny, like, reversal. I like that a lot. That's cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's new territories. It's always nice to explore new yeah. places. Uh-huh. Well, Guernica, Nick, it's been a blast. I had a lot of fun doing this. Hope you guys did as well. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. a lot of fun. Very nice meeting you, Nick. Nice to meet and you too. Jay, this was awesome. <laughs> Everyone, that's Gernika from Thundermother. Check out their new album be coming out in August and on tour with White Snake and Scorpions. That's Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf, who's got a lot of great stuff that he can't talk about. So we'll just have to wait in anticipation and uh, see what happens with that. But go check out both bands. They're both great. Uh, I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Talk to you soon. Take care of each other and uh, see you down the road. It's love.
Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. It keeps you seeing safely all year long. Pick up some at Walmart today. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 